All right, so over the weekend, I found some CDs uh, that I had stored away somewhere and uh, realized I don't have a fucking CD player in my house, but I do have one in my car, weirdly enough. Uh, so and one of the CDs actually was uh, from... So a friend of mine uh, back in like 2005, we were working in a restaurant together, me and Kat, and she was a server. I was the, I was the uh, kitchen manager or whatever. And we would trade CDs, like mix CDs back and forth. Um, also, we would trade like creative writing and then we, we'd edit each other's creative writing. So you were in love. Possibly, yes. Um, I didn't realize at the time. But then I, li- I went back and I was listening to that CD uh, earlier today. And uh, yeah, f- fucking A, man. I think she was in love with me. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, I was like 22, 23. I was a fucking idiot. Uh, How but old yeah. was she? Well, she was right around the same age. She was like, okay. she's like maybe a year or two younger than me. But yeah, she's, yeah. she's she actually, I just, I just thought, saw that because I found these CDs and then I, and then we're actually still friends on Facebook and she's like married and uh, like awesome. I'm doing awesome. I love my wife and I love my kid and all that. But it's just like, yeah. You ever, you ever get that experience? Like you find out like five or, five or 10 or 15 years fucking later that someone was in love with you? It's usually like more than like one or two years for me, but yeah. Okay. I mean, congratulations on being quick on the draw, MJ. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I've definitely had that experience. Nothing makes me feel stupider. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we're fucking idiots, so. Live from the Black Court of St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Another week, uh, we have a peanut gallery here this week. Uh, one Mr. David Kelly of the Red Loons. Um, how was your uh, How was you guys this weekend? Mine was great. Yeah, I made Did you it to the, Made it to the finals of the men's state tournament. Lost in the finals. So your first loser. Yeah, we're, 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 we are finalists. <laughs> our, our plaque says finalists. It doesn't even say second place. It's just as, it, you know, it says first loser. <laughs> yeah, should yeah. probably just say first loser. Dan, how about you? It was good. Uh, yeah. Busy weekend. Uh, got to watch human combat chess. Uh, which if you've never checked out, I highly the recommend fuck is it. human combat chess? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a stage combat, basically, but people fight with shit like halberds and quarterstaffs, and it's really entertaining. It's, oh. uh, it's the most fun you can possibly have in a church basement. I have <laughs> fuck man, I got I got nothing. I had a uh, I had a. I don't know what church basements you've been. At. I thought I had the nerdiest thing uh, of the weekend when I had my fantasy baseball draft. Um, Dude, don't uh, ever and, try to out nerd me. And, uh, and yeah, no, clearly, uh, clearly out nerded by uh, one Dan uh, Dan Aberforth Wade. I'm gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, give you uh, a middle name. Um, yeah, no, I so yeah, I had my actually spent I spent like a shit ton of time at Blackheart this weekend. As I want to do, but only like a third of it was soccer related. Two thirds of it was actually fantasy baseball related. So, um, so yeah, if you ever if you are playing a fantasy baseball league, I have a really awesome uh, spreadsheet tool, like macro enabled spreadsheet you could use if you want. Uh, just hit me up on on the on the Twitter machine if you want that. So, but we're not here to talk about baseball. We're here to Thank talk God. about uh, some fucking soccer. But before we do that, we're gonna talk about some fucking beer, and we're gonna talk about how fucking awesome. Uh, Hot the clouds. hop clouds, uh, 
Dave's I know release party was on Saturday. You both were there. Why don't you guys? I you, I've been talking about it. Why don't you guys talk a bit about like how awesome it was? Yeah. So uh, I used to review beer professionally for a hot minute. That was a weird part of my career. I also homebrewed, um, which means I know good beer because I did that for professionally, and I know bad beer because I made it. And uh, I can I can convincingly say in my expert opinion that the Hopcons can make some damn good beer. Both of those Doppelbox were extremely good for style. Um, they're very very well malted. Um, I'm seriously impressed. It's probably some of the best homebrew I've ever had bar none i have none of the credentials that dan has which shouldn't surprise you but i also thought that both doppel box were, were fabulous i particularly like the later gator i thought it had a little more complexity to it yeah so um so yeah so we had a release party for the first round of uh dave's i know uh hop clouds collaboration patreon beer we actually had we had three people sign up they went they came tasted the beer like well, fuck, I guess I'm going to at least give you guys three three bucks um, to uh, to have the beer. So, so that was fantastic. Um, we did uh, – there are still a few bottles left, so if you are still interested and you really like Double Box, if you get signed up, uh, we're going to be doing another release party. Um, date and time to be determined kind of really depends on when um, – when they're going to release the next beer. I know they're working on a, a coffee beer. Coffee cream a ale. Coffee cream ale. That will be sort of like separate, um, not part of the Dave's I Know thing. But then we are also are starting very vaguely the collaboration on the, what the Dave's I Know beer is going to be, which will be probably a fall release, probably September, closer to the playoffs. Mm. It'll be so probably think more of a wintry fall Sweet, kind like of a championship beer. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, so maybe like a championship kind of beer. Um Anyways, so you can still get involved on in that. Um, we had a, we had a fantastic time. We had a lot of people. Um, even if you don't subscribe to the Patreon, just listen to the podcast. When we do the release party again next time, fucking show up. Like you can probably you can drink pretty much the equivalent of a beer in like the hour that we're gonna we hang out. You know, just like sampling a bunch of stuff. Um, also, but also support Black Art. Like they were able to host us, and that was really really fucking awesome of them as well. So, um, so if you are interested, you can always get involved. Um, uh, hop, at Hop Clouds on Twitter, if you're interested in like learning more about what they're doing, they actually they actually are, um, work, like they're they're bringing other people in to help do like so. Christian is is the main guy behind it, and he's the one who reached out. But they just actually had a, a big brew party on Sunday with a, cu- a couple other guys who were really, like interested. So if you are interested in brewing beer and learning how to brew beer, follow Hop Clouds on Twitter, get engaged with them. Um, they are happy to bring more people in, and even if you have no, if you have no experience, they're happy to like bring you in and sort of teach you and give you that experience. If you have tons of experience and you just want to sort of have a thing that you release and we'll be probably, you know, tasting hop clouds beers throughout the, uh, throughout the season. I've, I've tasted. So include two double box. I think I've, uh, I've had two or three other bottles of their beer and they've all been amazing. They've all been great. So definitely get involved there. Um, again, Patreon.com backslash the Dave's I know you can get involved. You can become a sustaining member or a, not sustaining member, a tiered member um, at $3 a month. You'll get, you'll get a beer at their, our next uh, launch. We are so I'm also trying to figure out a ways for us to do one off. So if you are already a $3 member, um, if you want to come and, and you, you really like a beer, you can purchase it as a one off that would support the Dave's. I know I'm still doing the logistics of that. So, Bear with me on that, but there we hopefully we'll have a way to do it uh, next next time where you can do a one-off uh, beer purchase as well, whether you're a Patreon or not a Patreon. So, anyways, patreoncom backslash the Daves I know help support the Daves that you know. Um, let's talk about San Jose. That was a fun game. That was rad as hell. Uh, 
we can finally settle our first of the uh, loons over under predictions we did in the uh, the preview yep. podcast. So uh, the, most score, goals, the score is everyone else won. Dan's a dumbass. Yeah, most goals scored in the game. Uh, three and a half was the line. Uh, Dan took the under and everybody else took the over. We were all very optimistic about Luis Amaria and his fucking forehead. And Oikopara and his fucking forehead as well. So uh, we almost got the line there. Um, and then we added a couple other goals. Uh, I was very confident that the man marking system would totally break down. And that's what happened. Pretty soon it was like no marking. Yeah. So we can talk a little bit about the game. Um, what's, what's, uh, let's break it down as we normally do. Best moment of the game. Uh, I'm gonna, MJ, I'm going like, to go to you first. What was the best moment of the game? For, for me, it was the second goal that Minnesota United scored. There was a attack by San Jose that was broken up and cleared by Boxall. Boxall kind of boots it up to the midfield. And then Amaria and Gregus have this give, go, give, go that eventually results into a very, very clever uh, outside soul, uh, outsole flick by Amaria that Gregus just bangs. Bangers only. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, I, I literally, as we were, I was watching the game here, uh, and I was sitting next to uh, Bruce McGuire, and as Amory is running the ball, you see Gregor's run. I was like, pass the ball, you fucking asshole. And you see, <laughs> he, he does an outside the book flick. And then I was like, okay, Gregor's going to take a shot. Maybe we'll get a ricochet, whatever. Maybe I'll sky the bar. And then he just fucking put it right in the back of the night. Um, I, I just want to interject here, and we can maybe talk about this in a little bit. How bad was Daniel Vega? He was atrocious. <laughs> like, we talked about him as being a a bad goalkeeper but he was really fucking bad in this game and maybe the the rain and the soggy pitch didn't help but oh man yeah we're definitely going to talk about that in a bit because uh he definitely made the loons look better than they were and you can blame the rain and maybe that was part of it but tyler it's not like tyler miller had an umbrella out there they were playing in the same weather uh dan what was your best moment of the game Best moment for me was uh, Robin Lutz follow up to Amaria's pen. We'll get to this in a second too, but that pen was awful. Like legitimately one of the worst I've seen. Uh, but Lutz was right there, broke quickly, uh, put the ball right on frame. Daniel Vega absolutely should have stopped it. He uh, was in the neighborhood. He was. It hit him in the hands, um, which is yeah. a pretty it's good like sign. A, the goalie's supposed the to Adrian stop it. Goal at the beginning of the uh, versus Chelsea in the FA Cup, where he just like it hit him in the hands and like went. Like directly to the side of him. I was like, what the fuck actually just happened? Yeah. I mean, this isn't quite blaming on the jelly, but it's closer to that than the save. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, Lude breaks his duck. That's a great sign. And honestly, just having the, the presence of mind to be making that back post run off the penalty is great. And it's a thing that we've started to see consistently here with can, the Lude. Can we have a conversation about what in the actual fuck was Kashia doing? Like, he just. Can like, we wait for, the, for my moment on that? I mean,. Is that your was that which moment is that? Uh, the what the fuck? Okay, moment. We'll give, okay, we'll hold off on that, and then we can have a conversation about it. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna give an honorable mention to uh, um, second goal because of Daniel Vega is, sh is shit at soccer apparently. Um, but I, I my best moment of the game was uh, that Luis Amari header. Like that dude is gonna that dude might score 25 fucking goals, and we may have to like do things that we said we were going to do at the before the season started. We haven't identify what those things are yet but uh we may have to do those things because he could i mean if he if he can sc he scored with his head twice now he had a shitty penalty so he could have had three already 
And should I should have had three already. Yeah, yeah, should have had three already. Um, he missed he missed a sitter uh, last week too, so he could have four potentially already. Like, maybe that dude is actually pretty good at soccer. The one thing he's definitely shown an ability to do that Angelo showed no ability to do, besides it actually had the ball, is lose a mark in the box. Yes. He is tormenting center backs. They do not know where his runs are going. And I don't know if that's a lack of familiarity. I mean, this is not a guy that has a big book on him. Yeah. Um, or if, But his movement is just really, really good in the box. I think that certainly helps, but it's also, it's I think, as a striker, like, you can just, like, I don't know, I play ultimate frisbee, and so, like, as, as the offensive player, you know where you're going or where you want to go. Mm-hmm. The defender doesn't know where you want to go or where you are going. So, like, you have the advantage there. Um, that's It's in, it's built in. It's inherent. Um, good defenders, like, have a sort of a sixth sense, um, read body language, things like that, and they can snuff that shit out. Um, bad defenders can't. MLS has a lot of bad defenders. A lot of bad league. defenders. So, I will say this, though. I watched the Premier League, and I'm in just appalled at how much ball watching goes on and I would just say this as a general as, as a sport that you watch defenders in basketball in hockey you, you, you're looking at the ball you look look at your guy you look at the ball you look at who's attacking your general space and you kind of have your head on a swivel when I watch soccer at any level there is so much ball watching and ignorance and one of the things I love about Luis Amaria is he confuses even more because, like, oh, you weren't looking at me? Like, here's what I've done since. Oh, and here's what I'm going to do now. And he's always kind of changing, taking different angles, different runs to create different space for him or teammates. Yeah. All right, let's start, cycle back to uh, – there wasn't too many worst moments of this game. Um, I'm going to start off uh, – I'm going to uh, hashtag uh, full steam for Raheem. Uh, Chase Gasper, that penalty – he's given up two penalties now in the span of – uh, oh no, Apar was the other one. Sorry, Apar was the other one. Yeah, um, Gasper should have had two penalties called in this yeah. in this match. Um, <laughs> yes, he had the one called uh, that. You know, as soon as it happened, um, or when it happened, everybody's like, "Oh God, no!" And then you watch replays, like, "Oh yeah, no, he actually he fucking like stuck his leg into that dude." Um, so yeah, so I'm uh, full steam for Raheem Chase Gasper. You know, I don't know, I don't know what it is, and you know he's. Last week he looked maybe again maybe it was a soggy pitch. Uh, everybody was, everybody was flipping around out there, so it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. But um, he, I think he, I feel like he almost had a penalty in the, in the first game too. Like he's been dodgy a little bit, and he has a he has a reputation, uh, but it's a very small sample size. But it's like twenty plus games of like getting a yellow card every other week or whatever. So I think Chase Gasper that penalty, um, especially considering the, the game states, it was one nothing. Um, you know, we had just scored maybe like seven minutes earlier or something like that. It was not not too long after the first goal, and you know, giving up a penalty, conceding a penalty um, was not great. Gasper often finds himself out of position and then kind of panic running to the ball, and when that happens, it's going to be ripe for things like panic sticking your leg out when you don't need to, because Jan Gregush and Michael Boxall were both roughly in the area to get, provide help if. That person, I can't remember who it was, got got around. Uh, it was former Wisconsin governor and HHS secretary Tommy Thompson. If Tommy Thompson got around Gasper, he had help. So he didn't need to do that at all. And yeah. So that kind of lack of aware, awareness, not seeing the full pitch, not knowing where your friendlies are, 
that happens when you're in panic mode, just single-mindedly looking at the ball and the ball carrier. Which seems to be a lot of what Gasper's in. Yeah, um, no, like, defending at, like, and he, he wasn't anywhere near the goal. Like, that's it's one thing I'll if you're like if you're in like the eight, you know, the the you know the ten yard box or whatever. But when you're out near the eighteen, it's uh, it's you know something else. Dan, what was your most, most uh, worst moment of the game? Worst moment of the game for me was Kevin Molino limping off. Um, Definitely a hamstring. You can see him uh, limping around a little bit before he went off. Um, doesn't look like a super severe injury as far as you can tell, which is to say he could walk off under his own power, which is always a good yep. sign. But we haven't heard anything yet about his update we, yet. So we, we have heard it is a hamstring strain. <laughs> yeah. um, Nothing that, of consequence. Yeah, I mean, it, a hamstring strain can mean anything from, ah, he's going to be a little gimpy, but he'll play the next game, to he'll miss eight weeks because it's actually closer to a tear. Um, yeah. I'll save that rant for another time because I'm sure it'll come up this season. But um, yeah, he had been so good, obviously, in that first game. He was really good to start the second game. Um, credit to Hassani Dotson. They didn't really miss a beat when he came on to fill in the 10. Yeah. Um, also, not a lot of players in this league that you can look at and say, yeah, if, you know, if our, t our starting 10 goes off, Dotson can fill in, or our starting six, this guy can also fill in, and I'm fine with either of those things. So, yeah. um, my big worry with Hassani Dotson is he's going to Weston McKinney himself. He's too good at too many things, and it'll stunt his development because he doesn't develop in one place. But um, we'll get to this later too. But Dotson is, uh, has been called up for the Olympics, which we sort of predicted, and that's great. Yeah. But if Molino's out for any time of consequence, and now Dotson's going to Olympic qualifying. Who fills and, in? Is and, that, the, and, and and the uh, and the the you know pre camp too. So he's not he's not just missing a match. Like he's missing technically one match for Olympic qualifying, but he's going to be going there earlier. So right. Yeah. Uh, Dallas pointed out today that uh, Paxton Pomichol and Reggie Cannon, who were called up to the U twenty threes, are going to play this week. So if it's a one week injury, Dotson may still be available for this one. But I mean, it's a serious it's a serious concern right now that at best the Loons have one and a half tens and at worst they have none yeah unless you really buy that robin lude is a functional 10 that united is con is conscientiously playing out of position every week which that's i mean i'm just not sure i'm buying well that's i mean he's a right wing that he, maybe could play yeah 10, well maybe. But, but also playing out of position as a left wing yeah. i don't know whatever um mj why don't you tell me it's your worst moment of the game this is also doubles as my most what the fuck moment of the game but why don't you uh you talk about it from well, the worst moment i'll give you my version of, of it first and th there was a a shot in the box Tyler Middle, Miller goes up, makes a great save, but he has to kind of basically redirect the ball straight back out to the middle, which is always kind of problematic. And my problem is not, you know, that we had 10 people in the box. We probably should have had 10 people in the box. We had 11 people in the box. Well, well, sorry, yes. We had the keeper. entire team in the box. We had the entire team in the 18-yard box. But you count how many people were on the goal side of a directly close to and behind goal side of a San Jose attacking player, one person, one person on the weak side, Metinair, is in the, what I consider the proper position. Everybody else is turning around, looking and very far from uh, San Jose players. So that's, that's my worst moment of the game is that second goal should never have been given up, but it, you know, our marking was horrible. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just... That is kind of the most what the fuck moment for me is just the fact that we had 11 guys in the box and like there was Faco just put that ball in the corner and like literally we had just like turned off. And maybe, you know, again, as David Martin used to like to say, game states, like you're kind of turned off, 
like you're not you're not worried about that shot from the outside of the box. You're just worried about like stuff that's like in the in the eight or yeah. in the in the in the uh, uh, um, you know the 10 or whatever you're not really worried about something that's coming from the outside but the fact that it's just sort of like skittered bass like seven guys is not a not a great sign for the defending but again also we're up 5-2 who the fuck cares at that yeah. point or we're up 5-1 who the fuck cares at that point or is it yeah, 4-1 4-1 you know so. who cares Heath cares does he should. in, in po- post does interview, he? he he said that this was the thing that upset him the most or was the, like like that was really disappointing was the second goal good. That they gave him. and actually Opara did as well he was pretty frustrated with the defensive performance which is good I mean if you can come out of a 5-2 drubbing of a Western Conference rival and you're mad about the stuff you screwed up that's good that's the mentality we want for this team yeah uh, Dan, what was your most motherfuck moment of the game? Uh, my motherfck moment of the game was Luis Amaria's insanely crappy penalty. Uh, he took one in the preseason and roofed it. It was a perfect penalty. I was really excited. This is obviously something the Loons need because it had been Quintero before. Uh, that's not an option. Finley had taken a couple, not all that convincingly. So I was excited to see Amaria, and he put a ball uh, about two balls off the dead center of the goal and keeper hand height, which uh, is Pretty fucking savable unless you're two and a half feet tall or like an actively a six-year-old. So uh, I think it's a huge credit to just how awful Daniel Vega was in that game <laughs> that he did not hold the ball. He instead parried it. And actual credit to Robin Lude for breaking in. Uh, the Loons did score off that chance, but if Amaria's got to do better than that. That was ugly. So when he scored that goal, I was like, wait, he's definitely he definitely encroached. Like, there's no way. There's no way that he, he like beat Kashia like I just I don't understand only he did only he did, he did. Because I think I think Kashia was was smoking I think he like had a had a cigarette like he, he in, a, in his sock he had a heater <laughs> he had a heater he pulled out a heater he, and like uh, it was it was cold and rainy <laughs> who among us wouldn't have wanted a Marlboro Red at the time but I mean yeah so, so respect and look it's not like that have you ever smoked in the, the rain Smoke, smoking cigarettes in the rain sucks ass by the way so so maybe it was a vape pen <laughs> yeah yeah maybe he's vaping you know I don't know it was San Jose Maybe it was probably, it was probably uh, the uh, sticky icky uh, as well, not just uh, not just tobacco. He's got so. jazz cigarettes. Yeah, uh, MJ, you you want to talk about Kashia? <laughs> speaking of MJ, yeah. Well, speaking of the what the fuck moment of the game, uh, basically there was a not really a fisticuffs, but a battle for space on on was it a free kick or a corner kick? Uh, the one on Alparo. Yeah, corner, corner. Yeah. So there's a corner kick. Opar is doing his thing where now Minnesota United is actually cutting to different spaces and opening up things on corner kicks. Great. And Opar is doing that. He's kind of doing a little button hook circling around. And he's kind of grabbing at uh, Garam Kashia. And uh, Garam Kashia like, doesn't like being grabbed. So he's like pushing Opara's arm and he kind of has Opara in, in, in the... No. Opara has his arm. Opara's like lifting Garam's uh, arm trying to get underneath and kind of circle around and then Garam doesn't like that his arm is kind of being held and so he d- does this kind of escape move into um, a, a tackle um, David you're our wrestling expert here I, I say two, yeah. po- two points for the reversal two points for the takedown but what What's your uh, take you on can't this? have a reversal and a takedown okay. in the same See? in the same you can either reversal you. or a takedown uh, either way two points Correct, yes. 
so so two points off the books, but a penalty conceded on them. Yes. Which is not a great You could technically have an escape and a takedown, but you cannot have a reversal and a takedown because yeah. you are, basically, yeah. Basically, like, so, like, Ram Kashia, like, plays for the Georgian national team. He's probably a very good Georgian wrestler or s Sambo or something like that. And if that were the sport, this would be his prize moment. But you know what? He's supposed to be playing soccer. You know, San Jose is really good at uh, taking people down. They did that last week against the Toronto FC, That's which conceded the uh, the first penalty with to Josie Elsador. So they yeah. did. And I will give them this. They picked two very reasonable fight targets. I mean, they're not trying to bully the smallest guys. Yeah, on the pitch. Josie Elsador Josie, and, Josie and those are yeah. Those are real Big fighters dudes. right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, right on. Yeah. Which, to piggyback on Dan's Daniel Vega thing, do you know who else is not good on San Jose? Their back line. <laughs> When your back line has to tackle people to prevent goals or like to contain people from making runs, that's bad. Yeah. All right, well, let's move in. Uh, let's talk about next for you to do for the start of the game. Uh, who do you guys got for the start of the game? MJ, Dan, whoever wants to go first. Dan, I MJ. I think uh, two corner kicks that, uh, that Opara heads in. Uh, so that, that's two assists plus an amazing goal from Amaria. Yeah, I also had Dragush. Uh, second game in a row, unbelievably efficient in his passing. Um, just fantastic ball progression. He's getting really good off his corners, um, which fans of the 2017 and 2018 loons will remember <laughs> was a weakness of this team. Uh, even Grey Goose is uh, maybe not quite up to his own standards last year was a far cry from, oh, God, it's Ibsen. Uh, this was not Ibsen's Don't skill you set. goddamn despair Ibsen in this bar, buddy. Well, buddy. No, look, I love Ibsen. I love Ibsen in the open Calo field. Took some corners. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a real rogues gallery over there. <laughs> Uh, this was not the best best function of the squad, but he's so good right now. His ball crushing is amazing. His understanding with Amaria, and MJ alluded to this earlier, is absolutely fantastic. They have an incredibly good connection. It's two games into the season. That's really exciting. Uh, when they when we signed uh, Grey Goose, we were told he's got a cannon from outside the box. We didn't really see it last year. We saw a lot of, oh, wow, if that had been within two goals, that would have been really cool. Um, Hire him for my kickball team, please. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and this week we saw it. We saw everything. We saw the great corners. We saw elite ball progression, and we saw an absolute rocket from outside the box. This to me was Greg Goosh's best game as a loon. Um, that's fair. I mean, you know, you could uh, you could argue that. You could also argue that uh, um, Tyler Miller, uh, twenty shots on target, only allowed two you know two goals. That's that's eighteen pretty saves. Eighteen saves. Yeah, yeah. one and one was a penalty. Obviously, take um, that, Jesus. I'm getting it to. Uh, I'm giving it to Aikopara. I mean, the man won Player of the Week. Um, got to be, got to be uh, the Freddie do star of the game. If you if you win Player of the Week, you score two goals uh, with your head. Um, got an assist. Got an assist. Uh, just com compared to last week when we talked about how he how kind of shit he was last week, like uh, against type for Aikopara, he was the exact opposite of that this week. So. Um, I, I don't know. I, I can't really fault Aikapara. Um, Dan, you have something? No, I mean, that's a that's obviously a fantastic choice. And, yeah, I think it's it's even more impressive that we saw one of Aikapara's best games after he'd played so badly. Yeah. You know, I think that's... And we'll, and we'll, talk, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Aikapara and Gregerson in a sec, but let's, start, let's jump in. Let's, let's try and finish up the, the San Jose game. The Freddie do for the shittiest player of the game, and um, I'm going to say uh, Chase Gasper, and I'm going to fight you guys if you say anything else. 
Well, I, I will literally, I will literally <laughs> drop this mic and fight you if you say anything other than Chase Gasper. We've already agreed that that that, that penalty didn't need to be given up, and, and it was a, was horrible. And I've gone at length at what I see Gasper's weaknesses are. So don't fight me over that. But no, no, I will, I'm gonna fight you. I will say that the shittiest player was Nick Lima. Doesn't count. Not a Minnesota United player. I'm gonna fight you, MJ. Awesome. Hey, Bill, start his, start his, start five, five minutes of the, of the, uh, just mute his mic. Wait, wait, Dan, wait, 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 wait. no, no, mute, no, there you go, mute his mic, go. All right, uh, it's, it's 817, so. <laughs> um, this is for five minute major, MJ. For those of you who don't follow us all on Twitter, this is over something MJ did. I honestly wasn't paying enough attention. Uh, my, the, Gasper was by far the worst player on the Loons, that's no question. Uh, but the worst player of the game was Daniel Vega, who turned... Turned Minnesota United's like two, 2.1, 2.2 expected goals into five actual goals. Yeah, you can't he, you can't pick Vega, man. He's, he's on the other team. It's the shittiest player of Minnesota. It's not what the label you is. Can, the label is just the shittiest player of the uh, game. All right. Yeah, I mean. Thank you, Dan. If you want to. That's a, that's a two-minute minor. Yeah, mute, 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 uh, mute Dan. We'll be right back. We're going to go minutes. fight in a park. Yeah, all right. All right, so we're gonna move on to other United. This is this works out perfectly because you guys don't have to actually talk at all for this. Uh, uh, other United news: uh, Patrick Wea is in the Loons Academy. He's training with the first team. Um, there was a uh, shitty ass take by a soccer player. No, keep those keep those fuckers <laughs> muted. Okay. Uh, there's a shitty ass take from a, another uh, uh, another soccer podcast. Um, Pay him better. Of uh, yeah. Anyways, basically, like, crowning that motherfucker. I'm like, it's, yeah, cool. He's, he's got a way of name. Anyways, are they, they're, they're muted, right? <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. <laughs> Fuck you and the horse you rode in on, Seller. <laughs> it's my podcast. So I just take it away. Uh, we're going to take the ass off. This is going to be the Dave I know <laughs> next week. <laughs> uh, so Sinclair, uh, the uh, the horrible evil corporation that is Sinclair Broadcasting and YouTube TV, reached a deal uh, late last week uh, making FSN available to all of the uh, Minnesota United fans, Minnesota no, Wild fans. Not to all Minnesota United fans, to the central broadcasting area. Oh, that's, I didn't even realize that. Oh, that's shit, how okay. the deal got done. Sorry. Oh. So, uh this is it's a very strange deal so that uh youtube tv and sinclair announced yep we got a deal sorry about the pump fake everything is fine only it turns out uh for fans of fsn north oh that was redundant fsn or fox sports north um who are not in minneapolis st paul the core broadcasting area they did lose fsn uh ditto places like madison who no longer get uh fox sports wisconsin i think because that's milwaukee is their core area so it looked like they got a deal done and what they did was screw over everyone who doesn't live in a major metropolitan area oh shit i didn't realize that that's fucked I mean, oh, given the players involved, we really can't be shocked I mean, that there was a shitty ass deal that yeah, screwed a bunch of people. Yeah, Sinclair's. Uh, if you if you're not familiar with the Sinclair Broadcasting, uh, look them up on the on the Google machine. They are fucking uh, the devil. I think honestly, the, YouTube. They is, might be worse than, than Fox Sports. They're not than the Fox Sports. Sinclair Broadcasting owns a bunch of the regional sports, the the FSNs, the Yes Network. Um, they might be worse than Fox. Uh, than like Fox proper because because um, they own so Fox you know, obviously has Fox News and, and that's fucking terrible anyways on its own but Sinclair Broadcasting you, owns yeah Sinclair Broadcasting actually owns like local stations which is the worst bu- fucking part because most people like you know we talk about like all this over over the top stuff and all that but like most people 
don't have cable or they like they use like some of the over top stuff, but they they have channel, you know, they have NBC, C- CBS, uh, Fox, um, ABC, and that's where they get their news and shit. And Sinclair Broadcasting owns a shit ton of those stations, and they uh, are if you there's a, a really awesome. Uh, last week's night segment on Sinclair Broadcasting. Uh, click, you know, Google John Oliver Sinclair Broadcasting. I'm sure it'll pop up right away. Um, they are fucking. They're they are the devil. They are the worst. So, fuck them. Oh man, I thought this was like a good thing, and that's like it's just kind of a shitty thing. It's it is a medium. It's a medium thing. If you live in this in the in the metro area, like it's good for you because I have YouTube. I switched over from Fubo, which they cut their deal with Sinclair, and then switched over to YouTube TV, and then literally like. The day after, so I, I did the, the five-day free trial. The day after I uh, did the free trial, YouTube TV sent me an email saying, we don't have FSN anymore. I'm like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. I have to go to Hulu? God damn it. Now, did you go to Hulu and have to switch back or no? No, I just, I kept it because I was like, well, I still had Fubo for a while. The first game was on FS1, which was on both Fubo and YouTube. So I was like... We'll see, and then they like maybe like a day later they sent that email saying, "Oh, we're we're working on an agreement or whatever." So I di- I didn't cancel my YouTube right away, but because I was still in the free trial. But speaking of shitty deals or maybe medium deals, do you want to talk about the it's complicated relationship between Ford Madison and MLS clubs? Yeah, I mean, that's the next that's the next bullet point. Nice transition transition, MJ. So so uh, yeah, Ford Madison uh, is now affiliated with the Chicago Fire uh, and not Minnesota United. At least not officially. Yeah. It looks like there's still some... I think I think more than anything, United wanted a USL championship affiliate, which uh, Forward Madison is not their USL one. Yeah. So, But Forward Madison is going to be perfect for injury rehab for Chicago. That's a really simple drive from there. Uh, the one thing I do really appreciate about this deal, and I'm sure MJ can go into some real depth on it, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go very surface level. They uh, they made this official by having all like six owners of the joint franchises do shots of Malort, and uh, I gotta tell you, <laughs> I am so here for people who get involved with the Chicago Fire being handed the worst liquor known to man and saying this is really gonna typify your experience with our franchise. I just I deeply appreciate this, and if you haven't done shots of Malort, uh, it's not the taste, it's the aftertaste. Uh, but look up look up Malort face or and the numerous videos thereof. Or come find me at Blackheart sometime. Uh, I I tend to have a bottle somewhat at hand <laughs> because I hate people and I love watching them suffer. Well, and Dan, as our resident co-host that not only hates people but used to live in Chicago, can you explain potato the, potato? Can you explain the, the connection between Malort and Chicago and why it is Chicago's be, you know liquor of choice? Yeah. Um. So. For those of you who have never had the horror that is Jepson's Malort, uh, Jepson's Malort is a digestif, uh, which means it's a very strong herbal liqueur. Uh, it's very anise-y, uh, which is not anus-y as, as much as uh, a waiter Black in New Orleans tried, tried to convince me otherwise. Uh, so it tastes like wormwood and black licorice. Um, it was originally produced in Sweden, imported into Florida, and sold exclusively in Chicago, which tells you everything you need to know about it, that two-thirds of the people involved with it hated it and wanted it to go away. And Chicago was like, no, we'll take this. It's fine. Well, um, Chicago hates hates themselves. So. It's, and it's very true. And Chicago hates everyone else for not hating them in the right way. Like, I loved living in Chicago. Don't get me wrong. But there's a reason a Chicago handshake is barcode for a shot of Malort and uh, a can of old style. 
So don't knock old style, buddy. Hey, old it's, delicious. it's really good as long as you're within a two block radius of Wrigley Field. Uh, <laughs> that is the point at which it turns into liquid gold. Outside of that, it tastes like sauerkraut. Um, no, seriously. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so if you've never had Jepson's Malort, the taste, the front taste you get is a little bit oversweet, not in a terrible way. It goes down. It's actually a very easy shot to take. And then once you can no longer spit it out, you will get all of these herbal flavors, one right on top of the other. The descriptions, I think, are most apt that I've heard at parties. Uh, it tastes like a tire fire. It tastes like a failing marriage. Uh, that's my personal favorite one. Uh and then uh, their unofficial slogans, uh, which they did by contest, are Jepson's Malort, kick your mouth in the balls, and Jepson's Malort, tonight's the night you fight your dad. Which are, all four of those things are very apt descriptions for uh, Chicago uh, Fire SC. Yeah. I, all I'm saying is they made Robert Barrett kick do one- Kick your balls in the mouth. Kick your mouth in the mouth balls. In the balls. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, they made Robert Barrich do a shot for his uh, introduction video. Did although they? They, 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 they? they at least pretended to. It's unclear whether he shot it or not. Uh, if he did, he took it like a champ because he did not even flinch, which makes me think it was literally anything but Malort. Uh, they've now done it with Forward Madison. So it's this, it's this tacit admission. What is about to happen to you now that you're involved with the Chicago Fire is horrible. And you're going to dislike it, but you're going to dislike it after it's too late to do anything about it. So just ride it out, make a weird face, and then tell everyone you did it later when you're drinking something you actually like. I think the biggest thing uh, for this... Uh Affiliation with Chicago, basically, what they wouldn't the affiliation with Minnesota was last year was like they guaranteed a a match with Minnesota United in Madison. I think that's the biggest thing. Is Chicago Fire guarantees like they will they will go to Madison to play a match. The fact that Madison wasn't affiliated with Chicago Fire from the from the get go is also kind of fucking weird because they're so goddamn close to one another. And the fact that with Fox Sports Wisconsin actually like simulcast Minnesota United games is also like they don't and they don't simulcast. Uh, Chicago Fire games um, is also weird. So, you know, whatever. We spent way too much time talking about Ford Madison, Chicago Fire, and I'm really, I'm very excited to get rid of the Ford Madtown Brodown segment of the podcast. Let's talk about some other stuff, though, from Minnesota. We alluded to it. Ike and Grey Goose made Team of the Week. Woo! Obviously. Uh, Ike won's Player of the Week. Grey Goose finished second, uh, fourth, sorry, fourth, despite not being on the fan ballot. The fan ballot only has four players on it. Um, Grey Goose is not on it. Ike won the fan ballot. Won the media ballot. Um, where the fuck are you, Atlanta United fans? Like, get, you know. They're still in mourning, yeah. man. It's still ashes and sackcloth season. Yeah. They're, they're praying on one knee. Yeah. Uh, according to MLS doc, ML, MLSsoccer.com uh, and uh, Mark Watson, Reynoso is still a thing. There's, it's still in play, potentially. I, you know, they keep fishing it out. Like, it, this is the first time that's, that it's not a Star Tribune or Pioneer Press reporter uh, saying something. So. Who knows what the, the um, strengths of those rumors? Yeah, I suspect it's one of those things that neither one, neither team is shutting the door. So as long as no one has said no, forever go to hell. Sure, maybe it's still a thing. Kevin Molino's situation definitely complicates it a little bit. You know, if let's say the it's a severe strain, it, it's worse once the swelling goes down. They get a good look at it on film. It looks worse than they thought coming off the pitch maybe it's a sooner rather than later thing. But at this point, I think it's irrational to assume A, that he's coming at all, and B, that he's coming any sooner than the summer window, summer if window, he comes. Yeah. Um, speaking of MLSsoccer.com, uh, they keep mentioning Mason Toy to Atlanta as a loan? 
I, I don't know. Why, like, do, you, why do, you, do we loan pe- people to our... So, the, so that's the thing. Like, there's, there's not a... So in most leagues, there is actually, like, teams loan players to each other all the time. And it's just a way to, like, get development, like, for a, uh, a small... Like, a younger team or a, a uh, more down-the-table team to loan out. Like, or a more up, upper-table upper team to loan some of their better players or some of their young better players, the potential prospects, to lower-level teams, either in, in the same division or the division below, um, as a way for Tim to get playing time, to be in starting lineups and all that. This is not a thing that happens in MLS, really. Like, there was, there was a, like, a very vague rumor about Andrew Carlton to Minnesota United, I think it was two years ago, when Andrew Carlton wasn't getting any playing time at Atlanta, and um, people were like, well, fucking Minnesota needs 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 Andrew Carlton-type player. Like, why not loan him to Minnesota and just let him play? Um, these loan agreements often come with, like, clauses. Obviously, you can't play against the, the team that you are loaned from, all that. And it just it, it really is weird because, like, you're not hearing any of that from anybody else but for, like, the folks at MLSoccer.com. Not to slag on uh, Matt Doyle and Andrew Wiebe and all those guys, but... I mean, I mean, there's whatever. a clear logic to it, right? Toy there's ne- absolutely a clear logic to Toy it. Toy needs minutes. Atlanta needs a striker. They need a pacey yeah. striker. They, they did just sign a USL striker. Uh, Will, I think Williams is, is his name. Ooh, juicy. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, they need they they could use someone who can who's scoring goal scored goals at the MLS level, which Mason Toy has. Yeah, in, in, in in big chunks. I mean, it really makes sense for everyone. Kind of except Minnesota United. And I think the reason we don't see loans in MLS is the same reason that we don't see, you know, Manchester City loaning players to Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal just had to straight up steal their coach. Um, which is you never want to make teams that you're likely to be compared to look better. Yeah. Uh, which makes me wonder, let's say United had come in. Let's say LAFC and United had flipped places. LAFC came in with Atlanta. Minnesota came in later. I wonder if maybe that loan happens because there's not the comparison. Possibly, um, yeah. I still don't think so. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I would really like to see Mason Toy getting minutes. And honestly, if making the five stripes better this year makes Minnesota United better for the next five years, that's a trade-off I'm willing to make. Yep. Uh, so the other couple last uh, bits of other area news uh, uh, we alluded to it earlier. Hassani Donsid uh, makes the U.S. Men's National Team qualifying roster. Um, Toy was part of the, uh, the the general pool, but was not chosen. Um, the U.S. Men uh, National Team placed, and this is a not a uh, FIFA window, so teams did not have to uh, release players for for this particular uh, qualifying um, uh, component, but. It's, I think it's really good for Hassani Donson. Um Sucks for Mason Toy. Mason Toy was sort of like getting some minutes on the uh, U23 team. Um, but I think it's it's a, it's a good thing for Hassani Dotson, So, Question for the U23 men's squad, since a lot of the attention to that squad is based on the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Will they happen this year? That's that's true, and that doesn't mean that Toy won't be a part of the twenty twenty. Like he no, won't be part of the of the Olympic squad. So assuming so, Minnesota, so the U.S. men's national team is in a very 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 tough group with Costa Rica and Mexico. Yes. Um. So they need to win that, or you know, they, they need to do well there. Um. So it doesn't preclude Mason Toy from joining the squad, uh, if they make the Olympics, which would be in in uh, I think it's August, or is it like late July? One of one of the Olympics. The wrong person. I, 
You're the you're the uh, Asian yeah, I, expert. I know everything about Tokyo 2020. Jesus Christ, you're man! You have, you have one fucking job, MJ. Yeah. One fucking oh, God. job. Asian fail. Huge Asian. Yeah, fail. huge Asian fail. Anyways, that, you, you, raised, you raised a very good point. I'm like, whether the Olympics are actually going to go on. Um, so it's Friday. It's July 24th to August 9th. So it's like end of July, early August um, for the uh, the actual Olympic team plus a camp to get everybody together. So it would be like mid July to like. Uh, early August. So Mason Doy could still be a part of that. He's not going to be part of the qualifying roster, which is a big thing. Um, everybody kind of picked him, but Hassan Johnson makes it that's that's good. That's it, great. It's awesome, and it's a it's a huge coup for Dotson, and it's, who it's, was a it's, second round pick. I mean, yeah. he's he's not a guy who would have been expected to be in this position even a year ago. Yeah, uh, but he's really come on. Although to, to MJ's point, I do want to capitalize on this. I think it's pretty legitimate that they will not happen, which may bail the U.S. out from not qualifying because if you don't qualify for an event that doesn't happen, maybe that's less shameful, or it's the same amount of shameful, but for not quite as long. I think it's great that they're in a tough group because um, if they're going to qualify, they're going to qualify. And, gonna and, and then they're going to yeah, legitimately have, a, I think, a, a decent shot at, at you know doing well. Um, we've never won a men's gold in soccer at anything ever, so... Like I think that there's actually there's some really good talent uh, in that sort of U23 level, and then we can also bring in a few over 23 players to, to participate as well. Um, I think this is you know this is actually one thing we actually might actually have a chance of winning at. So, uh, all right, and then the final thing I want to talk. So they uh, Minnesota United released the season ticket holder benefits for 2020 uh, late. Or sorry, early last week, right after we recorded the podcast. A couple things I just wanted to point out um, is that you, if you are a uh, season ticket holder, you get 50% off in-game video board messages. So you can receive $50 pricing for in-game video or messages. So if you want to shout out the names I know for like 50 bucks, like you should do that. We have some suggestions about how you can do that. Uh, hit us up at TDIKMN on Twitter, um, and we can uh, we can talk about uh, how you uh, <laughs> you, know, you can access podcast. that. Yeah, pumper podcast, or just you know like make fun in, in, inside jokes that like only like twenty five of us are ever gonna understand. But you know, um, anyways, I just wanted to point that out. Uh, so we're gonna we actually introduce, we're introducing a new segment um, that MJ is gonna be hosting every theoretically every every week. Right? Maybe. Uh, it's called Once a Loon segment. MJ, why don't you take it away? Once a Loon. Uh, for those that don't know, the USL Championship season started this past Friday. Uh, that is the second division in U.S. soccer. There is a team called Austin Bold FC that has three former Loons. So if you need a, if you need a USL Championship squad and you like cheering for former Minnesota United players, this is the team, Austin Bold. Uh, they have Jermaine Taylor. Who's a captain? But unlike for Minnesota United being played out of position at like right fullback or like defensive midfielder, he's being played at a more natural like center back position. They have uh, all, the was always injured but now healthy uh, Thomas Diviadi, um, and he's playing center attacking midfielder. Both of them started, and not only that, but Ishjom came off the bench. And so good for Ish Jome for making that squad and getting some playing time. And they beat uh, New Mexico United, who came to Minnesota, loved their fans, but they beat them 1-0 in the season opener. 
So that puts them six goals short of what uh, Minnesota United scored. But still, uh, a very solid showing for Austin Bold. Is Austin Bold folding when uh, Austin FC oh, comes to MLS? Well, so that was the other thing I would say. If you also want to cheer for a place kind of like Nashville was, Nashville had some former loons on it before when they were in the USL, and then that kind of got disbanded. Poor Justin Davis. I don't know where he ended up. But this is the, the next... Uh, USL squad that's going to get screwed over by MLS expansion. Thank you, Dan, for reminding me about that. Cool. All right, we're going to take a quick, quick break, and then uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about CCL Fever, She Believes Cup, and then we're going to talk about uh, the New York fucking Red Bulls. So come back in uh, 10 seconds. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both. back uh we're gonna talk ccl fever uh quarterfinal first legs are coming up i'm um, just gonna run through the games quickly and then we can chat a little bit about them i don't think we have a ton of say to say about ccl um other, other than we want these mls seems to do well but um first uh first match uh tuesday montreal impact hosts cd olympia so when you're listening to this podcast montreal's playing tonight watch that fucking match uh nycfc hosts or is at tigris uh uh, in Monterey, Club America, uh, Atlanta United is on Wednesday as well, and then Thursday, LAFC uh, with a stunning, stunning comeback um, against Cruz Azul, uh, Cruz Azul based in Mexico City. So, um, do you guys have anything specific about any of these games that you're interested in? Uh, I'll just say it's funny how Concacaf Champions League can invert my, you know, rivalries or fan base, uh, my fandom, if you will. Club America is a team I don't like because I'm a Cruz Azul fan. So I, I, I'm cheering for Atlanta for a number of reasons. I'm going to cheer for an MLS team over a Liga MX team. But I'm also going to cheer for Atlanta United because I don't like Club America. And then I'm a Cruz Azul fan. I would normally cheer for them. But, you know, they're playing LAFC and LAFC is representing MLS. And I want the MLS to do well. So, yes, yes I just said the MLS. And it should be pointed out, uh, it, it is a, uh, it's four MLS teams three Liga Mexis teams and uh, one Honduran team. And really that Honduran team skinned through by the skin of their teeth. They absolutely um, did. Shocking Seattle at home. It was a great game. I'm yeah. not saying they don't deserve to be there. They absolutely do, but I think Seattle was yeah, pretty see, confident they were Seattle going through until the very second they weren't. Um, I'm definitely interested in the Montreal Impact game for the obvious well, reason of I do love... Henri Boner. What, yeah. What's the Henri Boner at? Is it like at... Uh, I mean, it, it's a, like... I, a throb, I a would throbbing not, 12 right now? No, or? but I definitely wouldn't stand up in a restaurant. Um, it's really visible. Um, you you would you would hold your friend's kid basically like if you if like your friend ho- gave you their kid to hold you'd be like no 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 can't hold the kid can't hold right the, now can't yeah. hold the kid it's, yeah. I, I'm incontinent I just it's, <laughs> yeah I'd be I'd be faking horrible illnesses to uh, avoid this conversation yeah um, but yeah no Montreal's played really really well so far this season they played really well in their CCL tie through the first two games of the season they've looked way better than I think any of us expected I think than most league observers expected. They did uh, punt away a two-goal lead to Dallas, uh, but that was Dallas's home opener. So four points from your opening two with one on the road. That's not terrible. Uh, the game I'm most interested though in is LAFC and Cruz Azul. Absolutely, that's when I was I was I circled. Um, you know, the interesting thing, though, is as, as awesome as LAFC's comeback was to get them this far, I think it's the best game they've played this season. Uh, True. They looked... They 
they did not dominate Inter Miami by any stretch of the imagination. It took a uh, Velazzo for them to win that game, uh, and then the game against uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia last night. Six absolute bangers. Three-three draw. We'll talk about that one in a second. So. Yeah, but they didn't dominate that game either. Um, so part of me wonders, we've seen this happen. We saw it happen with TFC. We saw it happen with Sporting. Uh, when teams make deep runs in the CCL fever, it can kind of take away from their league performance. And I do wonder if that's happening with LAFC. Um, they cannot afford to be as sloppy in possession as they have been so far in the league against Cruz Azul. They will be punished. So, and- Seattle, so Seattle definitely had the best path. I mean, obviously, if they, if they would have won their game against Olympia... They played Montreal. They should beat Montreal over two legs. Um, but obviously that is not a thing anymore. Uh, so what do we think? Is there, a, is there an MLS team that can win this this year? If there is, it's LAFC. Um, I think I would have said if Atlanta can get past Club America, which we should mention is a rematch of the Campeones Cup, which LAF, or, yeah. uh, which United Atlanta United did win last year. So this is there's a little bit of vengeance on the line for Club America here. Um, if Atlanta can get past them, you'd have to tip them to to be the favorite. Also, just, just lost Joseph Martinez. Right, I don't for, trust that yeah, happening. So. Adam John might be uh, might be low MLS quality, middling MLS quality. He's not Club America quality. Yeah, and MJ? I, I definitely favor uh, Tigres over the way New York's playing right now. So I do think LAFC is, is the best chance for MLS to win the whole cool. thing. All right, moving along. Uh, she Believes Cup. Uh, we talked about this a uh, couple, four weeks ago, a month ago probably. Um, kicked off on Thursday uh, with uh, U.S. beating England 2 to nothing. Um, man, that Christian Press goal was fucking amazing, right? Bend it like press. Yeah. Oh, wow. It might have been the best goal of the weekend, oh. quite honestly. It's one of the top two for sure, but... The the forty yard free kick from Philly was Jakob. We'll, we'll talk about yeah we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but it was I mean this was an absolute banger. The other other result, uh, España beat uh, Japan three to one, um, and then uh, yesterday uh, Sunday March eighth, um, England beat Japan one nothing. Fabulous goal by White by the way. If you, okay, if I didn't you, watch that match at all. So White, yeah, yeah yeah yep. And then uh, USA beat uh, España um, very very late with a Julie Ertz goal. So, yeah. Go, go no. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. You, you, you know, you, 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 you put this in here. You, so, you talk about it. Uh, Spain controlled the possession 60-40 like we thought they were going to. Like we know they can. They were playing Spanish football. They were playing beautiful tiki-taki, like people interchanging positions, people cutting back and forward in different spots. They were rondoing things. They were play, making triangles. Really beautiful stuff. But all that said. With how good the U.S. defense was and the U.S. goalkeeper, Alyssa Nair, who you didn't see challenged a whole lot in the Women's World Cup, was challenged in this game. She had to make several great saves. And then late in the game, 80-something a minute, uh, Kristen Press puts in a free kick kind of looping cross and and Ertz heads it home. It was a beautiful, beautiful goal. I mean, there's an argument that Julie Ertz is the most important player in on the U.S. Women's National Team right now. I don't know anyone else I'd trust to play the six. Yeah. The only player I would put up with her would be Lindsey Horan. 
which that's a fucking hell of a midfield pairing when you've got yeah. player one and one A in the world right now. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a very real argument that Julius is the is probably the best yeah. women's national league player, and, the, and if not the best, the, the most important the women's national team player. The new school is all excited about Roosevelt because the new school is all about attacking, and she's very good at that. Yeah. But when you look at the defensive things that that Julie Ertz does and the offensive things, how she springs the counterattack, how she passes. She can fill in and cycle back when any of the backs get far forward and she kind of becomes, oh, we need a center back, I become the center back. We need a left back, I become the left back. She yeah. is so uh, irreplaceable right now. Her soccer IQ is probably irrespective of gender, the top two or three players in the world. She is never out of position. It's one of the most impressive things to watch. Yeah. Uh, so the She Believes Cup concludes on Wednesday, Mar uh, this the March 11th. Uh, that'll be this Wednesday. Uh, English and, uh, the England team plays Spain at 4:15. Uh, USA plays Japan at 7 o'clock. Uh, USA basically just needs a draw, and they win the She Believes Cup, or they unless Japan wins yes. by a certain by like by like four goals or something like that. Um, U.S. should win. Yeah. The I would like to just throw back to my horrible time. Uh, zone math that I didn't have to worry about these both games are in, are in Frisco, Texas so no no time zone math needed they're, they're central time zone time so uh, you can trust these times yeah the, and that England-Spain game will be great as well so yes. so uh, coming out of the black heart uh, watch uh, matches on uh, on Wednesday alright let's talk about the upcoming match uh, our home opener boys yeah yeah hey, we're gonna, we're home. We're gonna christen uh, Allianz Field for uh, a second season amidst coronavirus. So yay! I'm That's really, really cool. excited. Game and tactics aside, the new logistics of how do we make the concourse more uh, efficient to navigate. I'm really excited to see what they came the, up with. The team point out that this is something that they worked on. So we'll, we will see. We, we'll get a, a first-hand look at it. Um, yeah. So. Let's, let's just let's just talk about the coronavirus thing because I, I that's something because uh, like literally the uh, the Santa Clara County um, suggested that uh, they not play matches or they not do uh, things with congregate more than a thousand people. This is before Minnesota Wild played San Jose, which was I think it was on Wednesday. It was yeah. like a couple. It was several days before the Minnesota United match, and now. I think we, we all know that like minutes like the MLS and and the owners of MLS franchises don't make money on their TV deal. Like they really rely on in stadium like the ticket sales so, for in stadium sponsors. And, then, and then sponsors and then also like in stadium purchases during uh, home matches. So like they're gonna be very hard pressed to say that they want to uh, cancel matches. So. So, with that being said, like I don't necessarily fucking trust MLS to do the right thing here. Um, how are you guys worried at all about playing behind closed doors, either now or in the sometime in the future? We have we have four home games in a row. Um, I'm not really worried about it now. No, I am. Uh, I think it is somewhat likely that 
Minnesota, which already has two confirmed cases, will... Oh, three. I'm being told we got three at some point during this from podcast. From someone from the Department of Health. <laughs> yeah, so that's like, that's like real reliable. <laughs> um, no, actually, Minnesota's information has been absolutely outstanding. Um, if you have not watched the response in other states, I highly recommend that you do that and then compare how good Minnesota is at public health. It is absolutely fucking amazing. Correct, yes. And you should be very proud to live in the yep. state that you do. Um, I will go on an entire podcast rant about that, but I'll save it the, for The Minnesota House just uh, approved like 21 extra million dollars on coronavirus it goes, um, It'll go money, to walls so, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah, super impressive effort going on there. We'll sort of leave that aside. Point being, this is something that's very real, um, and it's something that we are going to have to deal with. And the fact that we have four straight home games, obviously this week is fine. Almost certainly next week is fine. And at that point, you really start wondering where outbreaks have occurred, whether they're close enough. You know, does Iowa get one? Does Wisconsin get one? Do cases start to burge in here? Um, I did email my season ticket rep, and I got exactly the answer back that I expected, which is, we're very concerned about this, and we have a task force monitoring all relevant information streams. We're in constant contact with the league about what to do. So, which I want to prep. I should have prefaced that. I don't blame him for that at all. That's what he was given to reply with, but it is exactly what I expected. So I think at some point, you're probably going to have to make a personal call. You're going to have to decide whether whether you feel this is dangerous, whether um, whether it's a risk you want to take. I will put this out there. If you feel sick, please, God, do not come. Like, this is a great way to take a fairly contained outbreak and make it into something very severe. Yeah. 100%. We're being told it was only two. One of them was a dog. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin has the third, or maybe the Mississippi River. Uh, anyways, irrespective, it's close enough to the stadium to be of concern. No, not breaking news. But yes, I think that's that's actually a really good point. If you if you do not feel well, do not try to come to the game. Um, don't go to work. Don't go to work. Like, <laughs> and take time off and and you know get yourself better. Whether that is coronavirus or just a cold or a fucking flu, like. That is, this is where, know, let's, let's get fucking like, let's get fucking real leftists here. This is why this country fucking sucks is that you can't like, especially in a lot of industries, you can't just like not work because like your entire being able to pay for your fucking rent or your childcare or whatever it depends on you going to your fucking job and getting other people sick. So, um, we need a better country, uh, vote Bernie Sanders, uh, whenever you can vote again. Um, all right, moving on past that. Uh, I mean, honestly, I would say vote Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren, but like, um, whatever. All right, uh, tactical schmatical. Um, but it, no, but seriously, like, if you're not feeling well, don't come. Games on uh, FSN. You can watch it at home. Um, please, for the love of God, like, I brought my uh, for the first home opener last year. I'm not Ragnar's not coming to the match uh, this year because it's at six. That's like right in the middle of his fucking bedtime. I brought my three month old. Like, people bring people are br- going to be bringing like tiny children to matches like for the love of god please do not bring your uh sick ass to a place that just will spread viruses everywhere so please also don't bring your your sick child's ass oh yeah no no for sure if if Ragnar would have been sick i would yeah we would stay home but like yeah Yeah. um and, and also but there's also like it's funny like when we when this whole Dark Clouds thing started, and when like MJ, when you and I joined, we probably joined right around the same time, back in like the early 2010s or whatever. Yeah, it was 2010. Um, but yeah. Like, it was a, it was just, it was a lot of like, you know, relatively healthy, like, like, 
mid twenties dudes, <laughs> and like you know, like early. Th- 30, 40s, like, you know, uh, other dudes. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're like, we're generally immune to shit. Um, we have a whole cadre of, of fans who come now, um, including like tiny children, um, senior citizens who come to matches, who like, right. who are, who love soccer. Like, don't, yeah, just basically like, don't put other people at risk because you um, are a fucking asshole. Let's talk about uh, New York Red Bulls. Um, so, if you're going to bet this, uh, the spread. Minnesota is favored in this match um, by half a goal. By half, half a goal. Yep. Which is pretty fucking remarkable, given that most home favorites get a full goal. Like bookies, yeah. as Minnesota United is currently ranked two on the ESPN Power Rankings, which that and a quarter still won't buy Da-da-da. you a fucking gumball. Uh, they were 13 to start the season, and then they won one game and were up to seven, and then they won two games and up to two. So buying sport in Kansas City. No, behind LAFC. Oh, by, oh, they're still behind LAFC? Oh, yeah. fuck that. Okay. Um, right, <laughs> so, Sporting Kansas City is better than us. That, that is definitely true. Gotti Kinda may be the MVP. Just uh, saying that. <laughs> Anyways, just, just so point, point being, kind of, like, kind of, sort of, maybe. Yeah. The lines makers still don't believe in this team at all. Because we yeah. should be getting a full goal with the home advantage. We are, we are the favorite. Um, but only by half. Yeah, but only by uh, half a goal. Um, a draw is uh, plus 280. Rebels winning is plus 270. Minnesota winning is minus 110. So um, over-under is three goals in this match. Um, we scored uh, five uh, last week and combined with uh, LA, or sorry, San Jose's two. There were seven goals. So over-under is total goals for both teams. Um, we saw in the open opener last year against NYCFC, we scored three goals. Uh, no, four goals. Was it a three-three oh, draw? Three, three, so six goals. All right, there you go. Six six goals. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's like we scored three in that game. And like, oh yeah, we, it was a draw. So uh, we're not telling you what uh, you should spend your money on if you're going to down to Iowa uh, or to Illinois, which just legalized sports gambling as well. Or Las um, Vegas. Go to go to Illinois. Well, it's a lot easier to get to Illinois to uh, gamble yeah. on sports than it is to get to Las Vegas. Although probably cheaper to get to Las Vegas now because um, it's probably you can probably like, get a flight to L- L- uh, Las Vegas for like. 40 bucks. I'm hoping my friend Tom from Arizona listens to this podcast, but whatever. Anyways, let's uh, let's discuss who's good on the Red Bulls. Um, New York Red Bulls. uh, uh, Supporter Shield winners two years ago. Limped into the playoffs last year. Lost a lot of their players. Uh, Who's good on uh, uh, New York Red Bulls? Uh, Dan, why don't you start off? Thierry Henry. (laughs) <laughs> no, can't do that. That's a while ago, yeah. while back. Can't, a while, while can't back. do that one. Bradley Wright Phillips can't do that no, one either. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, LFC now. I don't know if you know he's on LFC. That's true. Yeah. He did reemerge. I forgot that. I thought he was fully retired. No, uh, the answer here is Aaron Long, twenty-seven-year-old uh, center back, uh, U.S. Men's National Team uh, stalwart, rumored to be going to any number of European clubs, and there was some pretty serious smoke that he was going to get sold in the off-season. I think he really wanted to go. That I was think, kind of the point. I think he did. Yeah. Uh, and I would very much expect it to happen, not this summer window, but perhaps uh, the next offseason. Um, he's an extremely solid center back, great in the air, reads the passing really, really well. Uh, the more United can take him out of the game and attack uh, his center back partner, the better off they'll be. Uh, but if you get in a one-on-one with Aaron Long, don't plan on winning a lot of those balls. This is probably, not probably, this is the best Defender that Amaria will go up against uh, so far this season. So I think it'll be a really interesting test for him. MJ, who do you got? 
I like their right side. Their uh, right back, Kyle Duncan, is an up-and-coming U.S. player. And uh, they have a French right wing uh, named Florian Velo. That's funny. I thought all French right wings were named Le Pen. <laughs> That's an extremely dorky French politics <laughs> joke. And I'm going to take a victory lap around this bar, even though no one laughed except for MJ. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Dan and I love name puns. Another co-host of this podcast is not. Yeah, not a fan. So. Not a fan. Um, I, I, you know, I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw out there. Uh, Daniel Royer um, has been a uh, consistent uh, presence for uh, Red Bulls as Red Bulls have sold off some of their best players. Um, uh, Aaron Long did not play against Cincinnati. Um, he was listed as probable. Didn't even make the uh, 18. Actually, as a matter of fact. Week didn't, make the, didn't make the first week either. So, so what's going on? He's there, more dude? likely, probably, he's, he has a hamstring injury. So, okay. you know, who the hell knows? Um, yes, if 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 Aaron Long was on the uh, was in the roster, he would be the player I'd be most worried about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I, yes, I guess Daniel Royer, um, um, Kaku, uh, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe. Uh, uh, uh. This is a team that doesn't have a lot of highs and a lot of lows. I mean, I know we're about to talk about players that sucked, but I yeah. really struggled to find a guy that I was like, oh, just attack the hell out of him and you'll be fine. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very middle-of-the-road team. So they're, they're, they're a team that um, went from uh, like relative strength, and, and, they, and they, kept, they kept finding a way to reinforce that strength every year. They would sell off their best player. They just like you know the Miazga would step up. They'd sell off Miazga. Aaron Long stepped up. They sell you know they're selling off players. Bradley Bear Phillips, and then no one has really like stepped up for this team. So this is a, a Red Bull team. I think you know I think we all had Red Bulls like maybe making the playoffs, like being on the borderline of in, in a in a you know arguably shitty Eastern Conference. So. Um, I think yeah. I had them as high as top four at one point. You might have. In, in my preseason predictions. It shows I don't how shitty you are at predicting soccer. Well, yeah, but in, in, I am shitty at predicting soccer. I'm not a Vegas odds maker. Uh, but you look at uh, Chris Armas. When he first came into this league. Sorry, not when he first came into this league. Because he was, he was a Red Bulls assistant for about three or four seasons. But when he took the head coaching job for New York Red Bulls. He got them the supporter shield, and they made it to the like semifinals and maybe the MLS Cup, round of 16 in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, but last year they were sixth, and they lost in the first round of the MLS Cup. You know, I don't see them making it back to that glory that Chris Armas' first head coach year glory this year. All right, cool. Um, so who sucks? MJ, who, do you, who sucks on uh, all the Red center Bulls. backs not named Aaron Long? So yeah, um, for those, I mean, I didn't watch the first two games, but you know, looking at the player ratings and watching some highlights, uh, Amro Tarek or uh, Tariq and uh, Parker, not not good guys. Um, so the, that Aaron Long hamstring injury, that their their center backs not named Aaron Long are not good. I think with this squad, the thing to look at is how old they are. Um, 
which is to say they're not, which that was a terrible way of phrasing that, how young they are. Uh, Kyle Duncan, who MJ tipped as a good player, age 22. Uh, Aaron Long is 27. That's He's honestly one of the old men of the squad. Alex Moyle, who they had a lot of hope for last year, and is a decent, not great player. Still just 24. Tim Parker, 27. Kaku's just 25. Feels like he's been in the league longer than that. Uh, this is a team that I think has a lot of potential. We haven't seen it in the first two games of this season. And it's going to make them really hard to play against because what it gets exposed as a weakness one week may be their strength the next simply because they're so inconsistent. Uh, Cincinnati, for example, attacked almost exclusively down the left and then RSL attacked almost exclusively down the right. So there's there's not a clear weakness. There's just a bunch of players who might do something awesome or might actively shit themselves on the pitch. I'm going to go with David Jensen, their goalkeeper. Um... No one knows who the fuck he is. He played for Utrecht uh, most recently. Um, uh, uh, Eredivisie. Eredivisie. Netherlands, okay. Yep. yep. Uh, played some Europa League uh, playoffs. He played some Eredivisie. Barely got some minutes in Eredivisie uh, the last two year, the last year or so. Um, oh, so he's he's an MLS to jumpstart his career. Yeah, basically. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a, he's a Vito Manone project, and I don't think he's as good as Vito Manone. So uh, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I'm going to say... Uh, David, it's probably Jensen. Probably Jensen. Okay. Um, yeah. So, anyways. Uh, soft uh, can, J. Soft can, J. Can I just say, okay, okay. Un, unlike the Fox Sports 1 broadcasters that were announcing LAFC versus Philadelphia Union, you know how to pronounce a Soft J, a Scandinavian player that has a J name. Yeah. Congrats, That's, man. I'm, I'm, I'm good at uh, internet and radio and in life. You, you and Childish Gambino? Yeah, I mean, you and Childish Gambino. Good, <laughs> good at internet and life and shit. So, so how should United play them? Um, Dan, uh, let's, uh, let's start with you first. So the interesting thing about both Red Bulls and United in the first two games of this season is neither of them have had much of the ball. They've both been very, very willing to sit back, cloister, and counter. Um, that's a great strategy. Obviously, Minnesota United killed it with it last week. They had something like 35% possession. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was like, yeah, something like that. It was like 35 or like even like, even like 32. Th- 33. Almost, yeah. I mean, it was, they didn't want the ball. And when they had it, they put a shot on target. And Daniel Vega is a horrible goalkeeper, um, which is a, a totally functional strategy. But it sort of prompts the question, if neither team wants the ball, what's going to happen? Um no, you a war it. of attrition, a motherfucker. <laughs> no, ball, you have it. The ball just sits at the half line. It happens. It's what happens in the Bundesliga, where they just play keepy uppy for uh, fifteen minutes, like in the middle of the pitch. Or philosopher soccer from uh, the old Monty Python. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, uh, I miss Monty Python. I think ideally, United really sucks up the pressure and pulls. Hopefully, Aaron Long. Not hopefully, Aaron Long. Hopefully, not Aaron Long, but possibly up into the play and then puts a ball in behind. Let Finley, let Lude run at some wingbacks that maybe can't quite keep up and then put a ball into Amaria. Um, honestly, I agree with you that Jensen probably is a weak link on that team. Uh, up until this point, that was Luis Robles, who was decidedly not a weak link. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me to see a lot of Jan Gregush, Hassani Dotson, maybe bangers from outside the box. Um, 
I think that can, I think everything you can say that United should do to New York, I think you can probably cross apply and say New York should do to United. We saw a lot of teams in the preseason taking long shots at Tyler Miller. Uh, we saw Portland try it in the first week. Uh, it clearly worked for San Jose in week two. So that's probably what Red Bull will try to do. Red Bulls, plural, sorry. Um, so I think we'll see. I think basically we're going to see. Uh, do you guys play Zelda Ocarina of Time? No. <sighs> Screw you guys. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very 8-bit Nintendo in, you, my, in my generation. I like to have sex. In the, in the Water Temple. I'm ignoring that. In the Water Temple, you have to fight Dark Link, who emulates every one of your moves you do with a sword, so you have to pull out a hammer and beat his ass with a hammer. Uh... That's basically what this game is going to be. It's going to be Link versus Dark Link, and whoever can score from outside the box or pull the opposing center backs out of position is going to win. I think my dick just like went inside my body. <laughs> that sounds like a you problem. MJ, well, how, does, uh, how does United play uh, the New York Red Bulls? Well, you know, if you remember in Super Mario Brothers 2... No, never All right, mind. God damn it, my dick is. Just I like, do keep trying to make that point. My dick is internal now. I may, mind. I may impregnate never, myself. Never well, uh, let's. Oh, let me restart. Uh, Yo, know, like whether Aaron Long is a healthy center back or not, you want to see Luis Amaria like do his thing in taking very, very unpredictable cuts towards the center backs, kind of getting them out of position and letting. The other Minnesota United players attack and take that space that Amaria creates for them. And if you can get Amaria the ball, I think Amaria is going to do very, very well with that kind of inside the box, uh, attacking those center backs, whether he scores or whether he lays it off for another uh, Grey Goose uh, banner or banger or something like that. You know. That's we gotta look for Amaria to mess up the center backs because, like I said, I think they're weak. I I agree. I think they're so. It's, it's really a matter of uh, whether or not um, Molino is fit to play, or Molino is not fit to play. So whether we play a four-two-three-one or yeah. play a four-three-three, which is what happened when Dotson came into the uh, into the after Molino went out, like limped off um, the four-three-three versus the four-two-three-one. Obviously, we can play in both of those. Uh, Formats in, in both of those forms, and we can perform well. Um, we scored we multiple goals. With Amaria can play in a four-three-three a lot better than yeah. with our personnel the previous years. I think the the biggest thing is uh, there's been a so I don't I've watched the last two Rebel matches and like they like whether they press or they don't press actually makes a huge fucking difference. Um, when Rebel presses, they are good. As Dan alluded to, they are young. They can run around the pitch. They can just they can just run around and do shit. Um, if they are not pressing, they are not good. They're actual shit, um, which we found out last week in their in their match. Um, so this is actually a stat for per uh, second spectrum. Um, uh, Rebels had 61 high presses against Cincinnati and just 32 against RSL. RSL in Rio Tinto, uh, Cincinnati. In, in New Jersey, where they where, you know where they play, it's not technically New York. Um, just going to point that out there. Um, over the course of the, the match they won against Cincinnati, they only lo- they lost possession. Cincinnati lost possession within ten seconds of the of the game. Uh, ten seconds, uh, s- almost sixty six percent of the time. Um, against RSL in Rio Tinto, they lost possession inside of ten seconds, only thirty four percent of the time. So. If Rebels is trying to press, is trying to, to do a press, that's a that makes a whole big difference. And I, 
Minnesota United at the beginning of that game against San Jose was actually doing a high press as well. I don't know if people realize that. Um, Amaria and, and Molino and Alude were actually attacking uh, San Jose defenders. Yeah. And I think I, incredibly that, effectively, too. Incredibly effectively. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, do we counter a high press with a high press, right? So, like, we are going to push and push and push, um, and then we're going to try and create turnovers that create, uh, you know, um, multiple man opportunities for Minnesota United. So, I think that is where we need to go. And, and, the last, both uh, the first two games, like obviously Minnesota has smashed our opposition, but it's been on the counter, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, I think, I think ultimately this team is a generally a countering team. I don't think that's gonna fly at Allianz for the home opener. So can it we really, possess? It really is. Can we possess? That is that is the ultimate question, and I, I don't know. I Here's don't know. The one thing that gives me hope is. When we get up and in the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes, you see us play more possession, more short passes, more control, willing to take the ball into the corners and like places that maybe aren't threatening, but we can just kind of waste time. If we can learn from those moments, like when we have the lead and have some confidence and in late in the games and possession and apply those to mid-game situations, maybe we can learn how to do that. But I... on your point, David, that the Red Bulls like to high press, we have one young left back named Chase Gasper, who we've already talked about what his weaknesses are. If they press him, what does his decision-making look like? I have no doubt that Ike Opara, Roman Netanier, like will boot it deep or boot it out the sideline if they get pressed and they need to make the right decision. Like, Is he going to try to make something happen or dribble around somebody that he shouldn't? Will there be a turnover there that costs us a goal? You know, that's one thing to look at. I think one thing that really excites me about United needing to win in possession is you think about a midfield three of Gregush, Ozzy Alonso, Hassani Dotson, who will probably be in for Molino at least to start that game. That's my assumption. Uh, we haven't heard yet. Those are three elite ball possessors and three extremely strong gentlemen. So if Red Bulls thinks, oh, we can bully, uh, we can bully these guys off the ball and, and win some quick turnovers, you may intercept some bad passes, but none of those three is particularly slack in possession or particularly bad passers. So that gives me hope. Um, in Boxall and Opara and truly in Metanera as well, you've got three pretty elite one-on-one defenders. Um, you don't necessarily have a ton of recognized attackers for uh, for Red Bulls, so I. It's hard to look at a t- at two teams that are going to try to play similarly and feel like United's at a disadvantage for the comp- the comp- uh, competitive styles. All right, who wins? MJ. Minnesota wins 3-1. Dan. Minnesota wins... Oh, 3-1's a good one, but I'm going to be contrarian and say 2-1. Uh, I say 2-0, Minnesota United. Fabulous. All right. Um, and then... So let's uh yeah let's do the uh, week two results. So Revolution beat Chicago Fire or sorry drew Chicago Fire one to one in a terrible match. Uh, RSL they have Fort Redemption Rebels one one. FC Dallas uh, Montreal Impact two two. DC United uh, comes down uh, down a man uh, and wins two to one against uh, Inter Miami. Inter Miami scored for their first goal for the first time ever. Congratulations to Inter Miami and lost and lost. Yes. So they are they are now uh, worse worse in games. Well, I guess equally bad in games where they score and don't. Yeah. Uh, Toronto FC beat New York City FC one zero. Atlanta United beat FC Cincinnati two to one. Obviously, 
Your Minnesota United FC beat San Jose Earthquakes 2-5-2. One of two away wins, by the yes. way. Yes. Sporting Kansas City dominated Houston Dynamo 4-0. Colorado Rapids beat the... Uh, oh, man. Orlando City is so fucking bad, guys. They're so bad. How good is two Colorado, though? They're not... I mean, it, it's the same question we have about Minnesota United. Like, they've beaten two shit teams. Minnesota United's beaten two shit teams. So let's let's uh, pump the brakes on that one. Right now, two, two weeks into the season... Would you bet on Orlando scoring more points overall than Cincinnati did last year? I mean, no. I'd probably take the under. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps go to LA Galaxy and beat uh, Chicharito's LA Galaxy one to nothing. No one saw that one coming. No, you could have made some real good money betting on that one. Yeah. Seattle Sounders FC. Uh, sorry, yeah. Seattle Sounders and Columbus Crew drew one to one. Portland Timbers beat Nashville FC SC one to zero. Nashville should have probably won that game. They were much the much better team. And then uh, the game of the fucking week, LAFC versus Philadelphia Union, 3-3. Three to three, Just fucking bangers. I googled bangers on my computer, forgot to put it into uh, incognito mode, and uh, I got a lot of, like, internet sex. You guys know that there's sex on the internet? Wait, wait, wait. That, that's a thing? Yeah. Apparently, they, people put sex on the internet. Wait, and, wait, that uh, I can and watch that you can easily easily watch with like oh. no filters. Oh um, wow, weird! Yeah, you, you have to put in a credit card though, right? No, this is just like free, like free internet sex. Uh, so I don't know, man. I just I just, I just type bangers only, and uh, yeah, I got some. Uh, you get some you really. Need, you need recipes for bangers and mash from a British. Uh, I did not know. I, I got I got I got uh, dudes with gigantic dicks uh, banging the shit out of uh, tiny pussied women. Wait, Aaron Schoenfeld was involved in yeah. this? Yeah. That's that's what I mean. That's fucking weird, right? Anyways. I'll just say that even though I'm horrible at predicting things in sports, I called this last week. I said this was the game to watch. Okay, cool. What, what, what did you predict for the uh, for the actual match? I don't remember what I predicted. Yeah, all score. right, cool. I, I predicted LA winning, this so was, I was wrong. This was the game of the weekend, obviously, and of course it was at 9 o'clock at night, Central Time, so like no one saw it because it's the middle of the fucking night for, you know... Everybody on, else. On time, time change weekend too. Yeah, on time change. Yes, doubly so on time change weekend. Bill would like everyone to know that he watched. So. Bill watched the match. We're gonna make Bill give so, a match report for the next midnight a.m. game. Bill, Bill, do you have anything to add? All we all we know is Bill fucks. <laughs> yeah. All, all we know is Bill fucks. All right, let's talk about week three picks. Uh, we're gonna do these real quick because uh, we have some questions. Um, NYCFC host Dallas. Uh, I have NYCFC winning that match. Uh, I have Dallas winning that match. They looked pretty good for about five minutes against Philly, but that's all it takes. I also have NYCFC winning this match. I don't know why, uh, because they haven't done much this year. All right. Inter-Miami host the LA Galaxy at Crappy Old Lockhart for the first time since they uh, tore down the uh, uh, jungle that was Crappy Old Lockhart and rebuilt Crappy Old Lockhart. I have... I've entered Miami. They've they've not looked terrible. I've entered Miami winning this game. LA Galaxy looks fucking shit. It's amazing how uh, how good Zlatan is. It turns out the man didn't move. He ran less per game than any player in MLS history and scored more goals than anyone thought possible. And I well, think Chicharito is really existing to prove just how dominant Zlatan is as a finisher. When you can score from anywhere on the pitch, 
you know, that you don't have to move a whole lot. That's true, but he was only ever in one place, and it was just outside the six, and he still scored about 30 goals. I have this game as a draw, but it wouldn't surprise me if Inter won it. I also have this game as a draw. All right. Toronto versus Nashville. I think we all know Toronto's winning this game, correct? Yes. Correct. Yep. Yeah, don't say anything. Uh, um, Cincinnati versus DC United. Um, RSL. Oh, sorry. I, Columbus, yeah, Columbus, I, versus Columbus versus RSL. RSL. We could have just done Cincinnati, DC United, and then just oh, jump back. I actually got the wrong Seabus team. I thought you had yeah. the wrong matchup. Columbus versus RSL. I have a draw. Uh, I have uh, Columbus winning this. I have Columbus winning, barely. All right, fuck also, you guys. every city in, in uh, Ohio that starts with a C is the same. Yeah, Cincinnati hosts DC United. DC United wins this game. I have DCU winning this as well. I have DCU winning this as well. Atlanta versus Sporting Kansas City. I have Atlanta winning in uh, in the uh, uh, Herman Dome. Uh, in, in the matchup between the two teams that Minnesota United fans should hate the most, I'm going to... Hopefully, just say the fucking thing. Hopefully, win and Atlanta wins. Okay. I got it. Sporting winning this, and it, but either way, it's the game of the week. This yeah. is gonna be a banger. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps host Colorado Rapids. I have Rapids winning. I got a draw. I have Vancouver White Whitecaps getting up right. at home. This is like the game of the week for us because we this all this a different uh, different pick. Um, Orlando versus Chicago. Um, just fucking kill me. That is a very apt response. I like that response. Yeah. I'm going to say it's a draw. I got Chicago winning this, but I am damn sure not watching to find out. Yeah. Philly versus San Jose. Uh, San Jose is a bad soccer team. I got Philly. I also have Philly. He's looked pretty good so far. I have Philly. Yeah. Houston versus Seattle. I have a draw. Uh, I think Houston is much better than people think they are, and Seattle is not as good as they think they are. people think they are. I have Seattle because Houston has not yet shown that they can defend at all. I also have Seattle for the same reasons. All right. Revs host Portland. Portland has not shown that they can actually score. I have the Revs. I also have the Revs, but, man, it's, this is a tough one. I got to draw mostly because I don't think either of these teams can score consistently. All right. We all have Minnesota United beating New York Red Bulls, and then uh, LAFC and Mar Montreal are off of because of CCL fever, obviously. So, um, yeah. So we got some fucking answers. Uh, let me pull up the questions. Real quick. Uh, so Steve Lilly asks, if MN UFC players were boarding the Ark, what animal would they represent? So this presumes that you believe in the uh, uh, Ark myth of uh, uh, a stupid theology. Generally. You repeat the question. If MN UFC players were boarding the Ark... Uh-huh. As in the Ark of the Covenant. What? No. no. <laughs> as in Noah's Ark. As in Noah's Ark. <laughs> Obviously. Just see if you guys are paying attention. What animal would they represent? So what would Luis Amaria represent? What would... Uh, uh, let's go back. To, let's, like, so think about that question for a second. Let's, let's, we'll come can back I to that question. Can I submit a list next week? Because this, this I mean, is... Maybe. Gonna, sure. I, I don't think I can handle this on the fly. All right. Let's jump to the next question. We'll come back to this question at the end of the podcast. Uh... What's the over-under on Minnesota United FC matches to be canceled, delayed due to the coronavirus hysteria? That comes from uh, Chad Zapata, who's a Patreon uh, subscriber. So canceled or delayed, but canceled he, or delayed. not empty stadium. Like, not no fans allowed. But He just said canceled, canceled or delayed. Canceled or delayed. Over-under. I'm going to say two. I'm going to go under on that one. Yeah, I would too. Oh, I'm going to go over. I'm going to say... At least two in April and at least two in May. 
Wow. All right. But I think it's delayed. I don't think we lose any matches this year. I think it's delayed until the summer. Uh, MN Nice FC uh, asks, Who's that? Oh, you're the smart pod now? And uh, the, my answer to that is yes, Wes, we are the smart pod now. We absolutely are. Idura Rosales asks, if you could pick a currently active ex-loon and plug him into the current team, who would you pick and does that player start most games? So I'm gonna I'm gonna easily say this one. It's Miguel Ibarra and fucking yes, because he's starting for Seattle. Yeah. So I mean that's an easy one to do. Give us a fucking harder question next time. Is there is there a non Miguel Ibarra, non Christian Ramirez? I, I, yeah. Like for complete I mean, obviously, for complete emotional reasons, I would I would pick Miguel yeah. Ibarra. Is there a non Ibarra, non Ramirez answer to that question? And it can't be Romario Ibarra because he's technically still part of the team he's on loan so because i would easily slot him into the 10 right now especially with molino going out so i can't remember where he's playing right now but i would really love if kevin venegas was still playing on this team he would not start but i would just for for full block depth depth or or wing attacking wing depth i would really like kevin venegas to be on this team but I was a huge fan of his. Yeah, I was too. I loved Kevin Venegas. Uh, no, Detroit, Detroit City FC is where Venegas Thank is. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, Thank God he's not on the Cosmos anymore. Anyway, that was a one-year stint, and it, it broke my heart. It just it really did. Uh, God, not no Ibarra, no Ramirez. You know, honestly, Demidov got a got a got a rough shake with his team. He's fucking retired, dude. Don't, do <laughs> more, not. All right, more more power the, the, to the him. Question so, was active players, so yeah. Uh, so I, I, the other the other one I think I think about uh, who's actually playing in I think USL right now is Luke Mohan, who would be uh, fairly decent uh, midfield yeah, depth. Yeah. I like that his depth. Honestly, the the yeah. player I was about to he's say he's not going to start, but is Joe Greenspan for the same reason? Yep. Greenspan's uh, one of the top defenders in USL. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll and he's definitely a solid player. I don't think he starts over. Uh, he definitely doesn't start over Opara, obviously. I don't think he starts over Boxall, but he's a great depth he's option. He's a USL champion right now, uh, playing for San Diego, is it? Hedman Pittsburgh. So he may yeah. have transferred. I, I just lost yeah, track of him. I think he's at, this, uh, at this San Diego Loyal now. But yeah, I think, I'll, you're, I think you're right. I'll, that'll, be, that'll, be my next, that'll be my next Once a Loon segment. We'll be Joe Green's fan. Uh, Bill McGuire made a good point. Romario Ibarra for playing for Pachuca. Um, but so, uh, thank you, Bill McGuire, for adding that. That's that is a very strong player that could be starting right now. Is Romario Ibarra? Yeah, but for the things I said, yeah, it's not his fault. But can't. Um, fuck Trump. Uh, question from Christian Fitchett. Fitch. Uh, Fitchett, sorry, Fitchett, who uh, runs the HopClouds, um, support HopClouds, support uh, Dave Zeno. Thanks for the beer. Yeah, patreon.com backslash Dave Zeno. Um, the Dave Zeno. Assuming Molino is out uh, and uh, Dotson is out for Olympic duty, what do you see as the lineup this weekend? I think we alluded to this earlier. Um, Dotson should be available for the weekend. Probably available, not available next weekend. Um, Molino, we have no idea what the hell Molino, like if he's going to be available or not. how serious the hamstring injury is. But, I mean, let's let's play the game here. Because it's entirely possible that Molino is out for more than two weeks with this type of injury. Uh, which means, at some point, both he and Dotson will be out. I think they switch into a 4-4-2. Uh, I think we finally see Amaria and Toy playing together up top. Oh, wouldn't that be which wonderful. Which would be fucking awesome. I think we... 
for Shikone. I mean, Shikone could play on the wing. We could see Shikone at a 10 and a 4-2-3-1. If we played more of a 4-3-3, you could see Shikone out there. You could. Yeah. Although he hasn't been in the 18 yet this year, which but, is a whole other fucking conversation I, I would love, that we have not had. I would love to see Lud move to the 10 and Edwards start at, at left at left wing, but that's just me. So I have, I have this idea for a two-pole, guys. Um that just says kneel before uh, Lude, and it's it's MJ. It's the back. Of, so it's like oh god, Lude, uh, standing up like with his arms with his arms raised, and then it's a uh, the back of MJ like just oh, right god. at uh, oh, Lude's wow. crotch. Yeah, that's that's a lot of exaggeration. So if anyone wants to make that happen, um, I have some pictures of MJ. We know I'm not going to lend my likeness to that. So doesn't matter, buddy. That could be the back of anyone's art, head. Art, you don't know. Art is subjective. Uh, but to Christian's point, uh, United actually does have options. They're just not immediately obvious ones. True. Um, yeah. It'll be really interesting to see whether Lude slots into the 10, whether Chacon starts to see the field. Obviously, it's somebody we haven't seen yet this season who steps in. And fortunately, unlike either the 17, 18, or 19 loons, we actually have decent options. I don't hate any of the things that we've talked about. They're entirely functional. They're yes. maybe not first choice, but I won't guarantee we'll lose. That is the point. All right. That is the, the end of the podcast, guys. We're going to wrap up. Uh, please rate and review us wherever you listen to this stupid fucking podcast. Davesiknow.com. Uh, Patreon.com backslash the Daves I know. Um, you can get some beer. Uh, we still have some extra. We still have some of the beer from the Dopabock. So if you sign up in the next month or so and you want a Dopabock, like let us know. We can set one aside for you. Um, at TDIKMN on Twitter. I'm at Texas Eller. Dan's at D Wade. MJ's at MJ Matsui. Bill is at Bill underscore McGuire. If you uh, have a podcast that you want edited uh, and you want him to like run the board and shit for you, reach out to Bill McGuire, please, and pay him money. Um, something that he's working on, and he's doing a really good fucking job for us, and so we're really appreciative, and we'd love to get him paid for that. So, yeah. Uh, thanks to everybody. Thanks for, for joining up. Um, we are the Daves You Know. This has been the Daves I Know. To try and work it out, because we Son. Long as you do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.